Hello and welcome to season two of the Coming Down to Earth with Spirit podcast with me, David Hale. Like with season one, we will continue talking about all things spiritual in a real and down to earth way. So I hope you can join me on my podcast journey so you can learn from my own spiritual journey and experiences with spirit in order to help you on your own spiritual journey and development. So join me now as we get into this episode. Well, hello, everybody. I hope you are well. Thanks for joining me for season two of my podcast. I hope you enjoyed the introduction episode and welcome to the first listener questions episode of season two. And as I said in the introduction of this season, the listener questions will just be a continuation of from season one. And therefore, we're going to start with this question, which we're going to number question 16 as we finished on question 15 in season one. So this question is uh, getting to know a little bit more about me again, uh, similar to what we did in the introduction episode, but this time it comes in the form of a question. So Joanne wants to know, as a medium, do you find it any different communicating with your loved ones in spirit? I've heard people say it's harder to communicate with your own family and friends in the spirit world. So a very short answer is yes. It is it is different communicating with your own loved ones um, compared to when you've got a client sat in front of you and you are and you're communicating with their loved ones, because you know, although we're mediums, we're still human. We're human beings, and like everybody else, you know, we miss our we miss our loved ones in the spirit world, and you know, we we wish them to to be here physically. We wish them to communicate with us, and that can be the problem. It's the wishful thinking because wishful thinking can create images in the mind it can create conversations it can create scenarios and it can um it can allow our our minds to play tricks on us so we conjure up these images of our loved ones in our heads and then that's where the, the, the that's where the problem lies because then we question ourselves as to whether it really is them or are we just wishful thinking and so that's an as mediums we then need to to use what we call discernment to discern whether again whether it is them in spirit coming through or whether it is just our minds pulling in those images and those memories that actually we actually we we do have so that's the difficult part uh, especially at the beginning of your development but as you learn and develop and grow and experience more you start to learn to trust, you know, what is when it is spirit and when it and when it's not. And I found that my own spirit family only started only started to connect directly with me when I'd got to a point in my development where they knew that I had experienced enough to know when it is imagination and when it is my actual spirit family. So they were very much in charge of it rather than rather than me, if that makes sense. So again, they knew that David was ready at this particular point for us to start showing ourselves to him um, and to start making that, 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 that direct contact rather than me having to seek out another medium to receive that, that contact through them. 
But now at the, at, the, at the point where I am in my own development, my spirit family do come through to me. And the way I see them is in the mind, like I would see your family. So if you're sat in front of me and you're wanting a reading from me, I would see, you know, your family in the same way as I now see my own spirit family. But it's still a little bit different. So whereas your family would come through with lots of evidence and a message, my own spirit family, when they come through to me, sometimes it is just a quick flash of their face. So I know that they that they are there. And and also I now know it is spirit because the way I work, and some of you who've watched me on Facebook or had a private reading, you know how I work, as in when the females come through to me, they come through and they appear on the right side of my mind. And when the males come through to me, they appear on the left side of my mind. And that's just how I see them in my head on the left or the right. So when I see a spirit fa- a family member coming through that way and they place themselves either side of my mind and the right side, I know it's spirit. Whereas if I just see them in the middle of my head, this sounds really mad, I know. But if I just see an image of them in the middle of my head, I know that's just my imagination pulling them in because they're not, they haven't placed themselves on the right side of my brain. It sounds really mad. <laughs> But I, I may do an episode on the mechanics of mediumship, how it works for me. But that's just basically how I how I see them. But what I do, I'm a devil. What I do, I test them. So I ask them um, when they come through, if they show themselves to me and they want to say something, I will say to them, right, Nan, if that's truly you, give me evidence. Pops, my granddad, um, if that's really you, give me some evidence that it's you. Because I like to know for my own peace of mind and my own personal development, I want to know that it's definitely them coming forward and it's not my mind just making it up or pulling in certain memories that I would know about. So I asked my spirit family for information um, that I would have to go out and validate and check with other people. So my mum or my dad or my siblings or aunts or whatever. So I, I make sure I get information. This one, this is one example I want to I want to give from my nan, so my mum's mum. So my nan, um, firstly, was the one who influenced me to write my debut book, Coming Down to Earth, and that came through by way of gut instincts and just having a thought constantly placed in my mind to write this book. And I know that was my nan because I, I remember when the information was coming through, I would see my nan in my head and my nan wasn't, was a, was a reader. She liked her books. And, um, and I, I, I never thought in a million years I'd write a book. I wasn't a big fan of reading as a, as a kid because I'd rather be out doing something else or dancing or listening to music or with my friends or whatever. So I'd never thought in a million years that I would write a book. But the thought kept being, kept being placed in my mind to write a book, write a book, write a book to the point I had to write the book. <laughs> and so I know that was my nan's influence. That was one way she got that information through to me. It was through gut instinct, intuition, and that thought being placed in my mind over and over again to the point of irritation. But this particular um, situation I'm going to explain was it was just over a year um, after my nan had passed and I sat in meditation and I could see her in my mind's eye or to the right side of my head and I was hearing her talking to me in an Irish accent and I don't always hear accents but I can almost hear her talking and again at that point you're kind of like mm, am I making that up or you know what is it am I just wishful thinking here but I, I allowed it to to play out and what she was doing was she was giving me encouragement to keep on going and doing this work and then it's almost as if 
she preempted that I was going to ask ask her for evidence. <laughs> and so she reeled off all these birthdays. But the thing is, I have a memory for birthdays. I've I kind I tend to know all of the birthdays in the at least in the immediate family. So for me, it wasn't really evidential because I know those birthdays. And so I asked her, I said, Nan, I I know the birthdays. So can you give me something else that I would not know? So I know that it's you. Give me something I wouldn't know. So with that, she said to me, the tin of buttons. And then she said, um, she gave me simply the little skirt. I get it sounds really random, I know. And then she randomly said she was in eight hours of labor. I thought, who was? I don't know what's going on here. So I had no idea what she was talking about, but I thanked her and I ended the uh, ended the meditation. I then, then got straight on the phone to my mum and I told her what Nan had said. And my mum confirmed that she does have the tin of buttons that belonged to my Nan in her bedroom because she had been looking um, at some stuff in her bedroom the other the, like a couple of days before. Um, because my mum had kept a lot of things of my nan's from after she passed. And my mum had, had 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 that tin of buttons in her bedroom. I had no idea. So that is, I know that wasn't a memory. I had no idea that my mum had a tin of buttons. I don't live at home. I haven't lived at home for a number of years. And so I know that, that was, um, my nan give me the evidence that that was her. When it comes to the, um, the little skirt, my mum had, um, Again, been looking through look, look through drawers or clearing out or doing something. And she pulled out a drawer and there was the little skirt. It's a little skirt that my mum had kept. And it's one that she, she made when she was at school, I guess in home economics or something. A little skirt that she had made and she'd found it randomly in a drawer under a bed when she was clearing stuff out. Again, there's nowhere on earth. I would have known that, never seen it, didn't know she had it. And again, that's my nan giving me the evidence that that was her communicating with me. I'd asked for the, <laughs> I asked for the evidence and so she gave it. And then when it comes to being the eight hours of labor, my mum said to me straight away, that was you. Now, I had no idea that my mum was in eight hours of labor with me. And even when she was on the phone, she counted on her fingers because she knew my mum's very good at all the dates and times and all this kind of business. She knew exactly what time she went into hospital because I was the firstborn. So she remembers these things from obviously her firstborn child. Um, she remembers the time that she went to hospital to the time that she had me and the conversation that the doctors had with my mum at that point as well. But again, because I was my mum's first child. So she remembers all of it. She said, yeah, the eight hours of labor was with you. So again, that is my nan validating for me that that was her communicating with me and she gave me the evidence that I asked for that I had to go and check um, and it was validated. So that's one That's one way of how my nan uh, communicates with me. In general though, I've got to say, when my spirit family communicate with me, they, they don't really give me messages. I ask for evidence or I just, again, I just see a flash of them in my mind so I know that they're there, but they don't tend to give me messages my messages tend to come from my spirit guides you know giving me advice and guidance and whatever and if I want a message from my loved ones they normally come through another medium that I watch or I go to see for private reading or whatever so you know most of the time they don't do it I just know that they're there and on some occasions like this one um my nan did give me that little message there of encouragement to keep on going um another one 
was for me personally, and this was my granddad, um, my granddad on my dad's side, so my dad's dad, who I never knew. I was, I've mentioned it before, but I was only two months old when my, um, my granddad Pete passed away. And um, so I never knew him. I didn't, obviously didn't know his character. I'd never been told really of his character, but that doesn't speak about him that much either. And normally if I want to know something about a family member, I have to ask. People don't just volunteer the information. Um, and so I didn't know much about my, my granddad, Pete, at all. Um, but I remember, again, I think I was in meditation or something and I'd seen him in my head and he'd come through and I did ask for some evidence again and a message. And he told me off, uh, well, they say tell me off, but he did um, kind of ask me to watch my language a bit more. And I'm like, watch my language because look, I do, I, <laughs> I do swear. I don't swear a lot in these podcasts. Um, obviously when I'm doing a reading or services, but in life in general, I do sometimes have a bit of a, a dirty mouth. I've got to say, <laughs> that's just how I was I blame my parents. I blame my mother. She's coming up for Kim with saying that, <laughs> but I don't know why he was saying it as in, I didn't know if he was, a, if he did swear himself, whether he, I don't know. So I did ask my mum and my dad about it. And they said, no, he didn't swear. He wasn't his opposite to your dad. <laughs> well, my dad does swear, trust me. Um, but no, he was opposite to your dad. He, did, he didn't swear. He was actually quite a, a placid, laid back kind of man. No one really heard him swear or have a bad word come out of his, come out of his mouth like that. So that I would understand now, I understood then why he was uh, telling me to to watch my language. So yeah, so spirit do um, pick up on things and hear things. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, that was a little, another little message that my granddad and spirit gave me. Have I taken heed of that? Not necessarily. <laughs> so that's kind of in general how my spirit family communicate with me personally, with personal messages and things. Now, when it comes to communication for other family members, so like readings and things. It when I first started developing, I refused to do any readings for family members or close friends. Now, some people thought that was strange because they thought, you know, you're just practicing. When you practice, when you're doing practice readings, you know, practice on people you know, it's easier because you're more comfortable. But for me, I didn't find it easy because I wanted to test my ability. And from my point of view, doing a, a reading for a family member or a close friend doesn't test my ability because I know a lot. And yet my auntie did say to me, look, you don't know everything. I don't, that's true. However, I know a lot and I have memories of my, you know, my grandparents and friends and my uncle, my stepdad and all that kind of business. So if something came through from them, I would then be questioning, okay, is that my memory pulling the information in or is that generally something that I that I don't know and also I've been doing my family tree for the past you know 14 years at this point so even you know back then when I first started developing I'd been doing it nine or so years eight, eight or nine years so again I still knew names of people and um, what certain people did for a job and how they died and that kind of thing so it wouldn't test my ability and I'd constantly be questioning myself so it didn't help so I didn't do any readings for family or friends for a long long time but even now I still don't tend to do them again because of the same facts but then also on top of that 
And any of you listening who are developing mediums, many of you may get requests from family and friends to, you know, to do um, to do a reading for them. And that's fine. It's completely up to you if you do them. But where I am at this point is in my own life development, I do, if a, if a family member does want a reading, I would, I normally refer them to or suggest they go and see another medium, which isn't me. Because as well as um, the the memories that we have and that again, that wishful thinking, what your family and friends need to also realize is how it can, how difficult it can be for you and how it can affect you emotionally. Because let's say, you know, your, your mother's mother, so your grandmother had passed and your mum wants to hear from them. They don't seem to realize that also you want to hear from your grandmother as well. So if your grandmother comes through with something quite emotional, it's going to affect you. And when you're reading for someone, it's you no know, your job is to pass on the information as clearly as you can. And when you're too emotional, it can distort that. Pro- <clears throat> excuse me. It can distort that process. And so it, it it's hard for us as mediums to pass on those messages from our loved one in spirit to our loved one that's here physically. Does that make sense? So I refuse to do them. But also there are things I don't want to know. There are some things I'm I'm not meant to, I'm not meant to know. So if my st- stepdad was to come through for a message from my mum, there might be something personal in there that I don't really want to pass on, or I don't really want to know what they got up to and what and you know and what else he wants to say that might be quite personal to her, because that's my mum's business. That I don't need to know that. So again that can be quite uncomfortable for would be would be quite comfortable for me as a medium so again my mum understands that but if no if little bits come in I will tell her but I won't sit down with her and do a full proper reading I just it's that it's just an awkward thing you know it's a bit like if you if you went to school and your your mother was your or your father was your teacher it's it's a kind of similar feeling to that I guess but there have been a couple of things that have that have come through from spirit from my family members of my mum in particular which I did pass on to her and it made sense so my 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 late stepdad who passed in 2012 he, he he's hardly been through to me directly or through another medium to me for whatever reason uh, so I understand when people say I want to hear from my loved one it's been a certain amount of years and I want to hear from them and they don't come through same with my stepdad, you know, he, he, he barely comes through um, at all. But there was one, one time he did come through to me and he had mentioned something about going, but my mum needing to get on, on that cruise. And I wasn't sure, I know I know what a cruise is, but I wasn't sure what, it was, what, what he was referring to because I'd never, a cruise is not something I want to go on and it's not something my mum had mentioned to me at that particular point. And then it's not until, until I had a conversation with her Something's gone on on my throat. I apologise. Maybe they're trying to stop me from talking. They're trying to shut me up. Um, but not until I mentioned it to her after that contact. But she said, "Yeah, I was only discussing that with um, with a friend the other day." So again, that's just spirit's way of um, just letting my loved ones here know that spirit are listening. So that that communication was quite clear. It wasn't anything too personal. There's nothing lovey-dovey or anything like that. It was more to say to my mum, get on that cruise. And actually in a couple of weeks time, she is going on a cruise. So um, he got the message across. 
and she listened at last. Um, and then there was one time, I think it was maybe around Christmas, I can't remember, but I was at my mum's house visiting and I could feel my great aunt Mag come through, which is, would be my mum's aunt, so my mum's my mum's sister, my nan's sister. And my aunt Mag was very close to us all. Um, she was a big part of our all of our growing up. And she was giving me little bits and pieces. Again, I, I'm still I was still in that kind of phase of mm, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with this because it's a, a loved one and all that kind of stuff. But anyhow, she gave me some information, and then she said to me, to, she said to me to mention to my mum, "Look at the tumble dryer. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with that tumble dryer." And my mum was like, "No, there isn't, because I, I, there's nothing wrong with it, and I did clean it out the other day." And I said, well, she keeps saying, check the tumble dryer, check the tumble dryer. So she kind of went, oh, okay, but I have already, I've cleaned it out, check, checked it already. Like, okay, fair enough. I'm just telling you what she said. So it didn't kind of make sense when, as at that particular point. And then I get a call. I think it's the day later. My mum did check the tumble dryer and there's a part of it that she did not check, which was full of dust and stuff. And she said, if I hadn't cleaned that out, that would have caused a fire. So again, in that particular case, my loved one in spirit and my mum's loved one was able to get through that communication quite clearly, which thankfully my mum my did listen to. She did check the tumble dryer again. And she was able to actually clean it out properly, so it didn't cause any, 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 anything more dangerous. So yeah, so that's just a couple of examples of how it has felt or the process have bit has been when my loved ones and spirit has have communicated with me. So I hope that makes sense to to you, Joanne. I hope it's answered your question, and for anyone else that you know has had um, that kind of question in their mind as well, whether it's for me or for another medium, they want to ask. Um, but yeah, I'm going to finish now because some something or someone is affecting my throat here. So I'm going to finish this episode. Thank you very much for the question, Joanne. Keep them coming in, and I'll speak to you soon. Well, there you have it. That's the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard and you found it interesting. There are plenty more episodes to come, so stay tuned and I'll speak to you all soon.